Okay, we're going to the book today. Church fellowship is. I'm talking about the church today. You're sitting in church, right? This is just a building. Anything can be a church. Any building can be a church. Any building can be a church. My dream has always been to take an old grocery store and make it into a church. That's been my dream. Before we bought this building, I tried to do it at the old Kroger building, and they wanted, boy, they wanted a lot of money. for. They were so proud of that building. They're still proud of it. It's still sitting empty, isn't it? Hmm? It's got a new roof on it. So they wanted more money for that building that needed fixed up than this building. So we decided this would be the spot. But, <coughs> excuse me, any building can be in the house of church. The church is us. And when we come together, we're the church. Whether we're here or in an old Kroger building or we're meeting out by the park, we're the church. So church fellowship is this. Number one, church fellowship is essential for spiritual growth. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. A command of God to corporately worship together, Hebrews 10, 25. And a place that is ordained by God to increase knowledge and strength, Acts 20, 27 and 28. Now, uh, I'm going to say some things today, so I don't mind you quoting me. Don't misquote me. All right? I don't mind you quoting me. Just don't misquote me. And don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But I am going to talk a little bit today. Uh, the word church implies to being called out. So we are the called out ones from the world. Right? We're the called out ones. We were in the world, but we're not of the world and so we are trying to live a different lifestyle than the worldly people do okay I imagine there were there were people all over st. Louis last night they were probably clubbing they weren't clubbing each, I don't know if they were clubbing each other but they were going to different clubs and the night scene and Amy and I are sitting at home and it's real quiet and it's like isn't that beautiful Good news, neither Amy nor or I got drunk or high last night. Great news, neither one of us got arrested for battery or assault. Great, greater news, the police weren't even called to our driveway or our neighborhood. Good news. Yeah. Why? Because we live different than the people in the world. And so we're called out from the world. Now, the word church... It appears nowhere in the Old Testament. The word church is nowhere in the Old Testament. The word church does not show up until Matthew. When Jesus says this, and I was found 77 times in the New Testament, the word church. Matthew 16, 18, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right, so are we talking about a building? No, we're talking about an institution. God set up several different institutions that are eternal institutions. Number one is marriage. Marriage is eternal. It's supposed to be anyhow, right? The family is another eternal institution. The church is another eternal institution in the kingdom. I want you to notice how... Uh, that's going the wrong way. What, the, what in the world? Hey... 
I want you to look at Matthew 16, 18 in the Amplified. It's a very unique translation here. I had to put it in there for you just so you could leave here and say, I learned something today. He said, and I tell you, you are Peter. Now, that Greek word there is petros, which means a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Petra, that has nothing to do with the band, okay? Petra, most of you young kids don't even know about Petra. Marty does, that was her generation. Uh, it's like a huge rock like Gibraltar. So Jesus is saying, Peter, you are a large piece of rock, but what you're saying, this revelation, is as big as the rock of Gibraltar. It's so much bigger that my kingdom and my church is built on. He said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Right there, we know that the powers of hell will not stop the church. Okay? So if you're part of the church, not a body, but a group, if you're part of a body of believers, hell can't stop you. Hello? Hello? Hell cannot stop you. So why are you listening? Who are you listening to that tells you you're not going to make it? Who are you listening to? All right, so we've got to keep on going because that's another sermon for another Sunday. I want to talk today about one of the greatest needs of the church today. One of the greatest needs of the church today. Now, here's one of these gems that I've been promised you about Facebook that I've found. Listen, I've been scouring Facebook for gems. They're out there. Here's, this is one I found. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's one I found. It says, when you're lonely and sick and depressed and stressed, broke, busted, and disgusted, and you're ready to change and live for God, and you need to come to church, I'll have a seat right beside me. The only problem is the people that posted it don't ever go to church. So Facebook has some gems, and here's this one. This is a good one. Here we go. As church attendance numbers fade across America, and online services become very convenient, it's important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters so much. You can't serve from your sofa. You can't have community of faith from your sofa. You can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together on your sofa. Christians aren't consumers. We are contributors. We don't watch. We engage. We give. We sacrifice. We encourage. We pray by laying hands on the hurting. We do life together. The church needs you, and you need the church. I thought this was a gem. I saw this last week, and I, I saved it. I said, this where this is, oh, yeah, here we go. So let's talk about these things. Let's take a closer look at this statement today. Now, I know that uh, a couple years ago, when this virus hit, that we were all shut down, and everything had to go online. All except the, the, non, all except the essential stuff had to be open, right? I have a question today as a pastor. And that question is this, 
who determines what is essential and non-essential? Number one. Number two, why is it that the church always has to be the one that compromises? For instance, let me give you an example. I've seen this many times when, when two people get married, okay? One person is in church, the other person is not in church. Now, the person who is in church has, up until this point has been faithful. They're faithful in attendance. They're faithful in giving. They're faithful in serving. They work in the kitchen. They work outside to park in cars. They, they you know, uh, uh, try to save the pastor's life and move the rest of the parking blocks so he doesn't kill himself on the rest of them. They do whatever it takes. And then suddenly, when the two forces get together, the person cannot come to church anymore. The church person cannot give anymore. Oh, it's going to be quiet today. It's going to be quiet all over the land. Why is it that, you know what, and when it comes right down to it, when the one person who doesn't want to come to church decides they don't come to church, then the other person says, you know, the church person says, you know what, I'll just stay home with you. Well, if that would have been the case, I would not be standing here as your pastor today. Because my mother chose, you know what, Eddie, if you want to stay home, you can stay home, but I'm taking the kids to church. And boy, did she take the kids to church. You know how she would wake me up? She was so kind and so gentle. Now, she said that she would always start telling me, Tracy, it's time to get up. Hush. She probably did. 30 minutes before time, until finally it was too late to give any more warnings, and I would suddenly f hear her voice, and I would feel the covers ripped off of my body. And then I would feel her hand grab my arm and pull me out of bed on the floor. What kind of loving mother would do that to their child? But I'm here today. It's all right, Graylin. I know. Don't even think about it, baby. Don't even, he's thinking about loving mother, getting pulled out of bed by a loving mother. But why is it, why is it that it's always a church person that has to compromise? Why is it that it's a church person that has to say, oh, well, I can't do that anymore because so-and-so? Why can it be that the church person says, you know what, I'm not leaving this spot, I'm not moving from here, this is what I believe, this is how I want to live, and this is how I'm going to live. But what I'm saying is this, is that the church has always taken a back seat. And the church is always pushed in the background. Well, we know that, you know, uh, Walmart had to be open, and we know that the fast food restaurants had to be open because we, we didn't want to sit down and eat because of COVID. Well, let me ask you this question. What happens if you go to one of these drive-up places and the person in the assembly line getting your food has COVID and they cough in their hand and then they work your food all together? And then you take it home and when you take the lid off your stuff, the germs from that guy just got on your hands, it's all over your face, it's in your mouth, and then it's going to be finger-licking good. But we better make sure that we don't sing in church. God forbid that we have church. If you have church, please don't sing. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that the world is doing a subtle, a subtle attempt 
to silence the church once and for all. But Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So you can't serve from a sofa. Let's talk about that for a moment. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now about this time when the number of the disciples was greatly increasing, complaint was made against the Hellenists, so that's the Greek-speaking Jews, against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked and neglected in the daily ministration, the distribution of relief. How about that? Do you know that the book of Acts church had problems? Just like we have problems. You want to know something else. You want to see a church that really had problems. You want to see a church that's really spiritual. Go to the, the city of Corinth in Greece. And you will find a church that had the gifts of the Spirit in operation. You will find a church where the power of God was manifested, where Paul said, when I came to you, I came not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You, you're thinking about a church that, that's, that's growing in a, in a heathen culture and, and all of this stuff, and they got all the gifts of the Spirit going. How do you know they had the gifts of the Spirit going, Pastor? Because Paul had to address it in, the, in 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, 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 the 1 Corinthians 1, yes. You see what I'm saying? Now, or, or 14, 12 and 14, in the first letter that he sent to them, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say here that you can, the gifts, just because you have the gifts of the Spirit working in your church does not predicate spiritually, spirituality. Because if you look further down, they were getting drunk on communion. They turned communion into love feast. They had problems with incest. They had stepsons sleeping with stepmothers. Oh, pastor, are you talking about that in church? That's a word. They had trouble with fornication. They had trouble with idol worship. They had trouble with all kinds of stuff. So the same troubles they had then that we have now. So don't go looking for a perfect church because you're never going to find a perfect church because the churches are just made up of the people that are in the church that aren't in the world anymore. And so the people from the world come into the church, and the church has to wash them down, clean them up, get them all scrubbed, scrub a dub dub, get all the... the jam from between their toes get their belly button lint out of their belly button clean them all up they're having trouble here what do you what do you bring this scripture up for they were out in public they were working this thing they were out there doing it now I know and, and I know people had, had could not come to church because of uh, health problems and health concerns, and I, please, this is where I don't want you to misquote me. I am not telling you that you were wrong by doing that. But what I'm also saying is this, we cannot live in fear. If we can go to Walmart, we can go to church. Because where have that cart, that cart that you just grabbed with your hands, how many other nasty hands have been on that cart? Now they're going to give you a little towelette to rub it down. And you know what it's going to do? That's going to make your mind feel a little bit better. You need to get a gallon of, of hand sanitizer and dump all over that and have an anointment oil thing right there. And then you're going to slip and fall because it's going on the floor and it's going to be slick. What are you trying to say, Pastor? We can't live in fear. And I appreciate all of you here today. And I know there are people online watching, and I love you. And I know that some of you have to stay away because of health issues, but some of you don't. And I'm saying that, that, that what the devil is doing is he's putting the American church to sleep. The American church is going to sleep. 
And while the American church is going to sleep, Sweden is introducing a, a chip that will hold your vaccination status. Now, if it'll hold your vaccination status that you can put right under your, the skin on your hand, hallelujah, you don't even have to carry around a card anymore, so you won't get fined for carrying around an, an illegal card. Why can't they put your banking information? Why can't they put your health history? Why can't they put everything on a chip? What I'm saying is this. We're coming down to the end of time, and the church better wake up and realize what is happening here. So the early church was involved, and we got to stay involved. Amen? For you have not been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up with this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to have to be out there touching people. Pastor, I don't want to get sick and die. We're all going to die. You know that? We're all going to die. I don't want to die. I want to live till at least tomorrow. But listen, let's go to Realville. Let's move into Realville right now. Before next Sunday, I could be laying in state right here. Hello? Any of us could be. Do you think people who die tomorrow are going to get dressed and get in their car planning on dying tomorrow? No. They're just going through life. But it's going to happen. Well, what I'm saying is this. We're going to, the devil wants us to stay away from people. If we stay away from people, we can't serve people. We can't touch people. We can't do church dinners. We can't do food pantries. We can't do park ministries. We can't do community outreaches. We can't do dream teams. We can't do any of this. We've got to learn how to touch. We've got to go beyond the fear of what the enemy is trying to put on us. Go beyond the fear of it. Okay, let's look at the next one. You can't have community of faith from your sofa. Acts chapter 246. Today's English version says this. Day after day they met as a group in the temple and they had their meals together in their homes eating with glad and humble hearts, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And every day the Lord added. Everybody say added. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. I tell you what, I am planning on a lot of these empty spaces being filled over the next 12 months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because listen, what's happened in this church has happened in multiple hundreds of churches and thousands of churches across the globe and across America. And that is there has been a, a sifting and a, and a weeding out. And now what's left is what's called a remnant. And God can use a remnant to touch as many people as he needs to touch. Gideon had 32,000 men. By the time the Lord was done weeding him out, he had 300 men. So whatever the Lord is doing in this Gideon project, I'm looking for some things to happen that God is going to turn some things around. But we're just going to have to stay faithful and we're going to have to stay focused and we're going to have to not live in fear. You can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together on your sofa. So, so true. Listen, I am thankful for our online audience. Now, I realize that People have followings, okay? I realize that. I also realize that I am not one of them, all right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. 
I appreciate all of the people online that will put up with me. I don't use quantify. Did you use quantify over and over today? I know. I, was, I just would never. I've never. I don't think I've ever used that. But those of you who watch online from wherever you watch, Maine, the Maniacs, the Joplinites out there in Joplin, wherever you're at out there and you watch me, thank you. How about let's do this? In 2022, why don't you start having watch parties? Okay, it's already happening. See, I'm once again, I'm on the tail end of the comet. All right. So thank you for having the watch parties. And while you're having the watch parties, when the power of God is moving here, let's pray that the power of God moves at your watch party. Let's pray the power of God hits your house. Amen. I pray the power of God hit Brother Art and Sister D's house and just fill that house with his love and glory. I pray it hit Sister Madonna's house down there by Circle K with his power and glory. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, well, Because I want everybody to... You cannot, you cannot imitate the presence and the power of God sitting on your couch, man. Because you have got to be in his presence. You've got to be under the hand of the Almighty. You've got to have the wings of the Lord on you. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? And every time we come to church, that's a our goal is to get into the power and presence of the Lord. Amen? So we can't experience that power just being there on the, on the sofa. Uh, Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Start a watch party. So we got a watch party where at? Maine? Where else we got a watch party? You know? Maryland? Hello, Maryland? One of yours. There you go. So there you go. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let him get in the midst. I Listen, I am not. I am not so narrow-minded to know that it, you have to be in a church to get healed. I'm not as narrow-minded to say that you cannot get the Holy Ghost by not being in church. Because when I was 17 years old and I taught a family a Bible study, one night when I came home from work, I get a phone call. You've heard this story before. And I hear this lady on the phone. Her name is Vicki. And, 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 and Vicki said, Tracy, this is Vicki. And I'm hearing all this commotion behind her and in the background. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I said, what is happening? She said, that's Lonnie, her husband. And he just got the Holy Ghost in the house. They were getting ready to go to bed. And he got down beside the bread and bed and he was mad. He was mad because he hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. So he started praying beside his bed, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost right there in his bedroom. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the power of God can hit anywhere. I'm talking about you can send the word of the Lord, and it'll heal. It'll deliver and set free. But I'm also saying that if we're supposed to be in church, God wants us to be in church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Acts 2, 1 and 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all... In one accord, in one place, they were all together. They were all together. Notice he didn't go to 120 different houses and fill them with the Holy Ghost. He said, I want you together. The reason the word church is not in the Old Testament is because God didn't have a church set up in the Old Testament per se. He had a tabernacle plan. The tabernacle and the temples were the, were the church back in the Old Testament. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like these people say, well, I just have church in my home. 
Yeah, and you just keep sinning in your home. Because somebody said one time, we were having a meeting one time. Somebody brought up, he said, Pastor, is there any way that we could do something with the service that when people come in, they don't feel so bad about the sins that they're doing? I said, well, that's our problem. Because as long as we are a church that lets the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God move, he, he leads and guides. He also convicts. So if they're feeling bad, they got something inside they need to get cleaned up. Hey, I know what it's like to come inside. I mean, I haven't lived like a saint all my life. I know what it's like to come in and feel like trash. I know what it feels like. You can, it feels like somebody at the door, like Sister Marlene or Brother Vernie's back there at the door. And when you walk in, they pick out the T-shirt that you're supposed to wear, and it's got every sin listed on the front of it that you've been doing that week. And they say, here, you need to wear this. Now, they don't do that, but that's what it feels like. Because it feels like everything you've done has been exposed by the presence of God. It's just like a big old spotlight turning on in a dark room, and the cockroaches just run. Just run. So there's no way to get that convicting power out because you don't want to lose that convicting power. Otherwise, then the church just becomes a social gathering. But listen, this is an operating room. This is a delivery room. This is a first aid system right here. This is an uh, urgent care right here. This is where you got to come. This is where you got to get in his presence. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah, listen, we forgot that last one, didn't we? And they were all filled, verse 4, with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all together. And it came to pass, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I love this scripture. King James, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I love that phrase. There are some services where the Lord's just healing people. You don't even have to touch them. He just heals them. He just delivers them. He just sets them free. Can't do that on your sofa. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, can't do that on your sofa. Look at your neighbor again and say, you know, I love your sofa. You have a nice sofa. Come on, tell him. Encourage him, but you can't do that on your sofa. Ah, you just can't do that on your sofa. Christians aren't consumers. We are contributors. We just not, you know, you're not looking for a TV commercial and say, hey, come on, buy this set of tires here at Family Worship Center today. We got this Ninja Blender on sale, just used three times. On sale now for $29.95, regular $49.95. We're not consumers, we're contributors. We got to give because our leader gave. He gave it all. He put it down, Matthew 10, 7. And as you, pre as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely, without pay, you have received. Freely, without charge, give. That's the Amplified. Isn't that awesome? How about if I do this? How about if we, after, after this sermon today, we're going to all line up, and I'm going to give you all a charge. I'm going to say, okay, Bobby, I want you to go and cast out devils this week. Carlita, I want you to lay hands on the sick. Kevin, I want you to cleanse the lepers. What, are you shaking your head? No. You know what? Nobody shook their head no until I got to you. So we'll bypass him. Brad, you're going to have to cleanse the lepers. Okay? Who would like to raise the dead this week? 
<laughs> Who wants that? Larry? You want to raise the dead this week? Okay, so everybody's got your assignments now, except Kevin. Kevin's going to stay back and sweep. He's going to have to sweep because he refused. So Bobby's casting out demons. Carlita's healing, curing the sick. Brad, you're taking care of uh, the lepers. Larry, you're raising the dead. That's what it says. That's what it says. It's hard to do that on your couch. Okay? It's hard to get that faith to believe. I don't know. Probably, probably the only one struggling in here Maybe Larry. I don't know. That raising the dead's a tough cookie there. You know? I don't know if, any of you, if Pete ever told any of you. He said one time he, the Lord was really working on him about going in the hospital and praying for people. And he was there praying for people, and, and, and he said he was, people were getting healed. And he said he walked into this one room, and he said there was a little old lady in there. And he knocked on the door and said, this is Pete, I want to come in here and pray for you. And he said, I opened the door and I started to walk in, and he said, oh, this little old lady's voice said, I know who you are. Pete said, I just slowly backed out the door and went down to the next room. He didn't want to cast out any devils that day. Hey, that's what we're supposed to be. We're the church. Are we the church or not the church? Are we the believers or not the believers? Come on, somebody. We're in 2022. This thing is winding down. This thing is winding down. The world system is trying to put the church to sleep, rock us to sleep when you're not necessary. If you are necessary and you've got to meet together, wear a mask and don't sing. You know? Whatever you've got to do, don't sing. Don't sing. Don't sing. But I like it how all these lawmakers make all these laws and then they go down to Florida and they're just free and happy. And then the rest of the year they cuss Florida out for being free and happy. Isn't it amazing how hypocritical the devil really is? Oh yes. Now what's the next one say? Acts chapter 11 verse 29. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to their brothers and sisters in Judea. Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. What are you saying? I'm saying that in Antioch they were poor as dirt. And there was a problem in a famine down in Jerusalem, and they took an offering and sent it to Jerusalem for their brothers and sisters. Why? Because they, we are givers. We give ourselves. We give our time. We give our, our, our talents. We give our energies to the kingdom. We, we were trying to build this thing. That's why you're still here. That's why you're here today. You know, we could have shut down. How'd you like that sick list I sent out a few days ago? I even got put on it. <laughs> Sister Sister Brenda Elam texted me during first, first service and said, I have to work today. I'm praying for all those who are sick. And I said, good news. I said, a lot of the sick are here today, the walking dead have arrived. Keep praying. Even though we're sick, we're still showing up. Even though things look crazy, you still show up. Why? Because we're a remnant, and God uses a remnant. There is an anointing for a remnant. There is an anointing for a remnant, amen? And if you hang around long enough, you're going to get the anointing for the remnant, amen? Come on now, somebody. Give the Lord a praise. That's a good thing to do right now. Give him some praise. 
I'm almost done. You ought to really praise the Lord. Somebody ought to take a lap around here knowing I'm almost done. Amen. We don't watch, we engage. I'll be texting all of you probably about Tuesday or Wednesday to see how your ministries are going this week. Carlita, Brad, Bobby, and Larry. Won't be Kevin. You'll probably have to be helping at the daycare because he wouldn't take his ministry robe. Won't be Kevin. <laughs> we engage. We better go on. Acts chapter 3. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave him heed and said, Expecting to receive something of them. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. If somebody walked in here right now, as poor as Job's turkey, I don't even know how Job had a turkey where he lived. But anyhow, as poor as Job's turkey, he, he, the guy is homeless, the guy has no clothes, he hadn't had a bath, he has no place to stay. Every person in this church, by the time that guy walked out the door, he'd have a place to stay, he'd have food to eat, he'd have clothes, he'd have a shower. Why? Because we're giving people. Why? Because we engage, and that's what Peter's doing here. It got to a place where this man needed a miracle. This man had sat by this gate, beautiful, for many, many years. Peter and John walked by him multiple times, and finally this one day he got their attention, they got his attention, and man, the rest is history. Why? Because we're engaging. The devil doesn't want you to engage. You can't engage from a couch. What am I saying? I'm not saying that you're wrong for staying home if you have health situations and concerns. What I'm saying is if you are not having health situations and concerns, you need to be in the house of the Lord because you cannot engage because what you get here, you take with you out there. Hallelujah. Well, well, well. So what am I talking about today? The church needs you and we need the church. The church needs us and we need the church. I need you. I need you to keep showing up. You want me to keep showing up? All right. Hallelujah. I need you, Kevin. You need me, Kevin. Yes. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered. Where did, he, where did he go? He went home and got on the couch. He said, I'll watch it online. He got up and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say, you need the church, and the church needs you. The greatest need of the hour. There it is. Oh, yes, Lord. Luke chapter number 6, verse 29, if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. We're givers. We're givers. We're going to be givers. We're going to tolerate now, after the, you get slapped on the one cheek and then you turn your head and you get slapped on the other cheek, I can't find any scripture what to do after that. So you're free to do what you got to do. All right? Just telling you. Huh. You're free. 
Just make it hard the first time so they don't get back up. I mean, edit that. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them. Look, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. What am I talking about? What's this talking about? It's talking about having an unselfish spirit. I have, I have pastored this church for I don't know how many years. Oh, well, we had this anniversary, didn't we? Duh. Fifteen. And I have encountered a few people that have selfish spirits. And you know what? They just could not give. They just couldn't seem to let go of some things. They always had to keep record of who they lended to. But then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly act, be and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is the kind to though he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You see that? Did you see that last line there that I stumbled through? For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Why? Because we're always given. We're always given. You know why you got to keep coming here? You got to keep your you got to keep the rust off of your your blade, your sickle blade for the harvest. All right? Anybody ever grow up on a farm? All right, some of you grew up on a farm. You know what I always dreamed of, of using when I was a little kid? The scythe. That just looked so wonderful until I was big enough that they trust me with it. I didn't want anything to do with it after the first day. Probably the first half hour I was done. I was like, Dad, why can't we just get the weed eater and clear this fence line? It's work. You know? But you're, you got to keep, and it, when you don't use your blade, the moisture, the surroundings, the environment will begin to corrode your blade and, and rust, surface rust will get on it. So you got to take care of your blade. That's why you got to come to church. You come to church on Sundays, you come to church on Wednesdays. Why? You're getting rust off your blade. You're keeping the, the leeches of the world off of you that are trying to attach to you all day long on Monday and all day on Thursday. And these leeches, you got to carry them around. They're just bloodsuckers. They try to suck all the blood and life out of you. But you know what? When you come to the house of God and the power and the presence of the Lord is moving and it begins to knock all of those blood-sucking leeches off and it begins to wake wipe that rust down and get it off what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that's where you have maintenance in the house of the lord and you maintain your gift and you maintain your edge and you maintain your anointing oh yeah you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate we encourage galatians 6 1 and 2 i'm almost done aren't you happy galatians 6 1 and 2 Dear brothers and sisters, if, in, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gr gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be not careful to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. You know, if somebody falls in here, we're going to do our best to help them. Hello? If somebody messes up in here, we will do our best to help you if you allow us to. Now, if you're going to be a knucklehead and nuts and not allow us to, we can't help you. Right? But we will help if we can because we're givers. We encourage. 
We want to strengthen. We pray by laying, on, laying hands on the hurting. We do life together. Kevin, we do life together, brother, me and you. You sent me a text this week said you hoped I felt better. Didn't you? I thought we were close because of that. That's why I offered you that ministry. <clears throat> you didn't take it. Cannot say any more about it. But we do, we're still going to do life together. Okay? We're still going to do it. What? That's why I gave it to you. That's why I gave it to you. There wasn't a lot of pressure in that ministry. He said, you got to find somebody with leprosy first. I said, that's why I gave it to you. There wasn't a lot of pressure. Come on. <laughs> we do life together, Acts 9, 17. And Ananias, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. That didn't come through, did it? Now, Paul had a reputation. Saul had a reputation. And Ananias was the pastor up in Damascus. And he heard that Saul was coming. And God told him, I want you to go pray for him. And Ananias said, I've heard about it. He's got a reputation. And God said, don't you worry about him. I've talked to him. I've got to take him taken care of him. I said, he's praying now. He's praying now. He's a whole different guy because i got a hold of him. You know what? Ananias was here in the call. He was doing life at one day at a time. I want everybody to be ready when you get that call because you're going to have to go pray for that person that you never dreamed you'd have to pray, pray for. You're going to have to minister or talk to that person that you never dreamed that you're going to have to minister or talk to. You're going to have to do it, and you want to be ready when it happens. Amen. And we, what, look at Acts chapter 19. And Paul laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. What are we doing? You, we can't lay hands on, on you when you're on your sofa. Now, I know we can send a word and heal in Maine. We can do it. I know we can send a word and God can touch anywhere around the globe. You know what I'm saying. But I'm saying this also. If we're laying out because we just want to lay out, God's not going to let that slide. God's not going to let that slide. Amen. Oh, yeah. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. When Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. I'm telling you, things happen in church. Things happen in church. Talking about getting faith bombed the other day, and I'm getting ready to close. I was talking with Brother Bobby. And the Sunday morning when Sister Linda was here, the Holy Ghost started moving and we went back and Pray with Brother Bobby, and the Lord began to deliver him from a bunch of junk in his life and his past. And he said, I've never felt this way before. You know why? Because he's in the house. He was in the house. We were able to connect, lay hands, connect, come up aside and pray. Amen. Remember the parable in Luke 14, 16 through 24. Let's all stand. The original invited guests were too busy, too preoccupied, and too overcommitted. Oh, remember that one? The original invited guests, they were too busy, too preoccupied, and too overcommitted. 
to come to the master's dinner. So what did he say? I want you to go to out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So you know what? Right here. It's just like Acts chapter 27, I believe it is. When Paul was on the ship and they were headed for shipwreck, he said, except you abide in the ship, you shall all likewise perish. He said, stay in the ship. Stay your course, brothers and sisters. Stay where you're at. To the brothers and sisters who have left, to who are just getting, uh, getting the sofa, having that sofa ministry right now, you better get back to the house of God. I'm not telling you because I'm, this is not from me. This is from the Lord. Because we've all been called and faithful and chosen to this house and this ministry and what God is going to do. Amen. Amen. So what do you think? Time. One of the greatest needs of the church today. The church needs you, and you need the church. The church needs me, and I need the church. Get involved. Stay involved. Stay connected. Amen. Stay connected. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus. This is a word you gave me this week, Lord. <clears throat> I'm standing in front of good, good people. Lord, there are good, good people watching this broadcast right now. We all have a desire to see you do something mighty, Lord, in this last hour. Lord, we understand that this is the last hour. We understand that this is the very last hour that this world is, this chapter in this history of this world is going to be closing shortly. That you are coming, Lord, you are coming. You're coming to get your church out of here. So I pray, Lord, for everyone in this house. I pray for everyone, Lord, that's not in this house today. Some are gone, some are sick, some are working. I pray for those, Lord, who have lost their pri prioritizing the kingdom, that they would get it back. But I also understand Luke 14 and the invitation to the banquet. So, God, I just pray that you will lead us, the remnant, to the highways and the byways and to the hedges. And, Lord, help us to compel. Help us, Lord, to come to the key people. Help us, Lord, to come to the key person, the person who is hungry for what you got for them. And, Lord, the person that you want us to talk to, bring us together. Make that divine connection, I pray, in the name of Jesus. May that divine connection happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Do a mighty work among us. Bless our efforts. Open up our minds and spirits to what you want to do in this last hour. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And somebody said, amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I'm letting you go. Take this word. Watch it again. That'll help my numbers go up. You watch it again. <laughs>